Pride Month is here. The lifestyles being celebrated by some over the next few weeks are in direct opposition to the Bible, but it is very prophetic. Major Christian organizations have come so far that they are ordaining members of the LGBT community. Well, we will talk about these and many other events from a prophetic perspective and offer a message of hope, all while taking your calls on this open line edition of The End Time Show. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. I do thank you for joining me on this edition of the End Time Show. And I know we've talked about this over the several times already, but wow, we're going to go through a month of this. And I wanted to start the program today with a message of hope. You say, well, man, Dave, that's the last thing I'm thinking about. Well, I, I, I understand. But I don't want to be accused of being an LGBTQ person basher because that's not what they are, what we are. I love everybody. I want to see everybody go to heaven. But just like we would talk about any sin to a sinner, if they come into my Bible study, we're, we're going to get on sin. Sin separates an individual from God. Me, as a God-called minister, my goal is to help you to reconcile with God. The Bible says God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Him. Any God-called man or woman, whoever teaches a Bible study, your goal is to help them understand how God came and died, was buried, rose again to purchase a plan of salvation so every sinner could be reconciled or brought back together again with God. Because sin, any sin, separates you from God. So when, we, when a God-called man or woman stands in a pulpit or teaches a Bible study, their goal is, when, they, when you say, I want a soul or I'm a soul winner, what they're really saying is, I'm helping to reconcile people back to God through the born-again plan of salvation that he purchased on Calvary. That's the goal of every soul winner and should be every Christian, is to reconcile people back to God through teaching his word. So, when we, talk, when we get on the radio and we talk about these huge agendas, now, it goes into a lot of prophecies, world government, and we'll talk about here in just a moment, how the United Nations is tied in with ESG and the Sustainable Development Goals, all that is tied in together, if you don't know that. And these LGBTQ <clears throat> agendas, many of them are tied into ESG, Sustainable Development, the United Nations, World Government, because they're trying to get in control of everything. Some of them, I don't think they really even care about the LGBTQ agenda. It's just another thing they can use to get control of a society, to pass so many laws and regulations on that society that it would enslave them, regardless of your color. Let's throw that out the window. I'm not talking about that today. I'm talking about society as a whole by the world government and eventually the Antichrist. 
Now that's what I'm, I am focused on because it's very prophetic. But all of this ties into it. You know, I watched a lot of people. This is, this is something um, I want to mention. We talk about this a lot. World government, world religion, things going on behind the scenes. What's being established in our world? And I watched uh, through some of our social networking sites where people were concerned about Joe Biden falling down yesterday or um, just frivolous nonsense things. Whereas there there are things going on in society that are trying to enslave American citizens but yet people are mesmerized on um, some little uh, story over here about a Hollywood movie star or about a, you know, some uh, little uh, frivolous thing. And I thought, man, we've got a big job to do because people have to be educated. If people really understood what was going on in society, then they would be focused on that and really want to know and understand what's going on. But people have become um, trained to be focused on entertainment and um, different things. Now, I understand that, you know, Joe Biden falling down, it, you know, it, maybe there's some importance to that. I mean, he fell over some kind of a sandbag on a, some stage or something. But to me, there are so many things that are over so much more important than that that you've got to be focused on because they're trying to get a hold of your bank account. They're trying to get a hold of the way you, uh, whether you're able to invest money or not, or, or um, whether your business, if you're a publicly traded entity, and even down to non-publicly traded entities eventually, to control every aspect of your life. Now, these are the things that we need to be resisting and praying about and asking God to help us with. So, got a big job ahead of us, don't we? Now, I want to start the program with a message of hope today. Because again, not LGBTQ bashers, but we love, it. We love everybody. And I want to see everybody go to heaven. As many people who will be born again and want to line up with God's plan in this earth, I want to see them be born again. Now, I'm already coming up to a break. Wow. Um, so I will be taking your calls today. Today's open line. The number to reach me, one 877 363-8463. If you'd like to ask me a question, and um, very thankful to each of you. We had a wonderful, fabulous tour in Israel. We're going to be going back again in October, and I hope that many of you will uh, be able to go with us. So we've already got a lot of people already signed up for the trip, uh, but what a fabulous tour we just had. And there's a lot going on in Israel that a lot of people don't know about, uh, along with the, you know, our uh, the people that we have working with us there in the college and all the churches that are being established. I mean, it's, it's just awesome. So if you can go with us in October, we sure would love to have you. And we only take two buses. We'll only ever take between 80 and 100 people because uh, my wife and myself and another couple that we take with us, we'll stay with the buses the whole time. We'll be with you 24 hours a day, and it makes for a very intimate setting. Some tours take 20 buses. We don't do that. We only take tour, 80 to 100 people, and wow, man, it just makes for a great time. So we're together all the time. If you have a chance to go with us, come on. And if you like this program, share, like it, comment on it. It helps us with the algorithms of these um, of different people of, of Facebook and all these people who try to censor us heavily. 
Uh, if you like and share, it helps us to get and comment. Um, that it helps us to get around some of these algorithms. So we love you all, and we, we, we're just trying to get everybody to heaven. That's the goal in all of this, to educate you and keep you focused on the things we should be focused on in society and how to teach good Bible studies and, you know, join the Jerusalem Prophecy College and educate people, your friends, family, and your sphere of influence. Help them get to heaven. Help them know what's coming with the world government, the world religion, the mark of the beast, all these different things. Because there are agendas being pushed in our world, and we want to recognize what they are because I don't want to be a part of them in any way. And that's how we're going to make it throughout the end time. God bless. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself. You are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is. That's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time. Understand how you fit in and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 intime That's 800-363-8463. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1 800 End Time or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. Well, welcome back, everybody. And Again, I will be taking your calls today, 1-877-363-8463. Now, again, I told you I wanted to start this program with a message of hope. If you look in Luke chapter 17, Luke mentions the societal conditions of Noah and Lot, what it will be like at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ, when the Son of Man appears in the clouds, gathers his elect unto him at the time of the rapture. And if you notice in the stories of the flood and the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, God judged the sinner, but he also saved the righteous. And he saved Lot because of Abraham. But he saved um, he saved them. He pulled them out, right? So, does Luke's prophecy of the societal conditions in the end time located in Luke 17 
Does that mean all is lost for everybody who lives in the LGBTQ lifestyle? Because uh, the Bible talks about the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, and just as it was in the days of Lot, that's what it's going to be like at the second coming of Jesus Christ. So some have said, well, hey, everybody that's, on, that's LGBTQ member, they're going to be lost, and it's just, you know, um, that's why you guys bash them. Well, we don't, we're not bashing them. The, we teach a message of hope. Prophecy taught incorrectly brings fear, but prophecy taught correctly brings hope. So, I, like to, I wanted to start the program today with a message of hope for people living in the LGBTQ. Before I go into the rest of it, I wanted to let them know we love you, God loves you, and you can be saved, but you'll have to come out of that lifestyle. Let me talk to you. So, God loves all sinners. Everybody that I am talking to today is a sinner saved by grace. Okay? The Bible says we're all born in sin, shaped in iniquity. All have sinned. And so God loves all sinners regardless of what they have done. God died for homosexuals just like every other sinner. A liar, an adulterer, a cheater, whatever. A thief. God loves everybody. However, just like every other sinner, those individuals will need to be born again. They'll have to stop being in the LGBTQ lifestyle. Um, just like a guy who is a, an adulterer, he, if you want to be saved, you've got to stop committing adultery. You've got to stop being a thief. You've got to stop your lying. Okay? And a, a homosexual, same way. God can forgive you of all that, and you can move on as a uh, living in a normal heterosexual lifestyle. However, um, those individuals need to be born again, come out of those sinful lifestyles. If not, just like every other sinner, they're going to be lost. Okay. So when a man of God or a woman of God stands in a pulpit and preaches, and they say, if you're, living in a, if you're a homosexual, you're living in that lifestyle, you're going to be lost, they're not bashing you. They, are, they love you. They're telling you. You can't be saved and be in that lifestyle just like they would any other sinner. And if you have a man, if you have a pastor that stands in a pulpit and preaches about these things, you should thank God for that because they're <coughs> it's becoming commonplace that pastors don't mention this anymore. So, if you have a man or woman of God that stands in a pulpit and preaches this, you should thank God every day for them because they're trying to save your soul. But the Apostle Paul preached hope to the LGBT community if they would be born again. Listen closely. For those of you that are taking notes, it's 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9 through 11. And I'm, I'm coming from the New King James Version today. The Apostle Paul said, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators nor idolaters. So he's not just singling out the LGBTQ community. He says, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. You're not going to go to heaven. But he says, and such were some of you. He said, you have been washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our Lord God. 
So notice the term, and such were some of you. So my message today is there is hope for every sinner. And and so we are believing for a great revival in America. I pray for that revival. But in the, in, when I see the societal conditions that Luke chapter 17 talked about, these would be the societal conditions in the end time. And then you see that we have a pride month. The entire month of June is the pride month. And they're having parades and people are celebrating this lifestyle around the world. And even here in America, <coughs> it's celebrated. Wow. I'm saying the Lord's coming quickly. And we've got to help save as many people as possible. We've got to preach and teach the gospel of the kingdom of God. That's why we talk about these things. It's very prophetic. But we also want to give a message of hope. Just like these people in 1 Corinthians 6 were saved, all of these people, the Apostle Paul said, man, I've got everybody sitting here in this, Corinth, in this church in Corinth, and, but you've been washed and now you're saved, but you had to be born again. You had to come out of those lifestyles. The same thing applies to 2023, where we're at right now. That if you will, it doesn't matter what you've done. God loves you. And we love you. And I've got friends who have come out of that lifestyle living in a normal heterosexual relationship. And so don't hate individuals. But if, if I knew... You know, if I knew the, the bridge was out up ahead on a road, if I love people, I'm going to stand in the middle of the road and flag them down and say, hey, the bridge is out. Don't go this way. But if I didn't love anybody, I'd just stand back and say, yeah, come on. Everything's fine. Come on. Yeah, I know the bridge is out, but hey, I don't love you. I don't care about you. Come on. The road's fine. Go ahead. You see what I'm saying? Anybody who loves somebody would stand in the way and say, don't go. No, stop. It's a big difference. And so that's what I wanted to talk about today. Now, I talked, um, I talked, uh, okay, let's take a call. Let's go to Sheila in Wyoming. God bless Sheila. Welcome to the End Time Show. <laughs> Thank you for having me here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I have a friend whose um, brother is gay. Yes. And he lives in a different state than where she's at. Mm-hmm. And she prays over him all the time. Um, he is saved, and he has been since he was young, and then he went into his lifestyle. Right. And he continues to tell her that it's okay. I've been forgiven for my sins. And she keeps telling him, you need to repent and turn away from that. Yes. And so um, I currently go to a church where they say once you've accepted the Lord, no matter what you do, uh, you're saved. Right. But when you look at it, it's like, okay, so somebody, if sin is sin is sin, someone murders someone and they were a Christian and they repent, but yet they kill someone again, mm-hmm. then... The repentance didn't mean anything. So how does that all work when they're continuing to live in their same lifestyle? Yes. So <clears throat> this is where you need to understand repentance. A lot when we teach our uh, salvation package lesson, uh, 
we spend half an hour just talking about repentance because repentance is more than saying, oops, I got caught, I'm sorry. Anybody can do that. But true repentance, the Bible says, um, godly sorrow worketh repentance. So yes, you are sorry for what you've done, but true repentance means, you know what, Lord, I'm sorry for doing that, and I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm, I'm renouncing that sinful lifestyle. I'm going to turn away from that, and I'm going to live for you as a Christian the rest of the days of my life. That is true repentance. I, th- I think a lot of people have never got a, a, a true definition of repentance. Repentance means to turn away from. And so for this individual... <clears throat> he may have been saved when he was a child. I don't know, he or she. But right. to continue to live in that lifestyle, that's ungodly. That is still, they're still committing sin, and they will not make it to heaven. True repentance means to, yes, Lord, forgive me for my sin, but that's part of it. True repentance means to turn away from that lifestyle, come out of that, and then to live a Christian life um, from then on. And so that's exactly what the Apostle Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians 6. He says, and such were some of you. He didn't say, yes, God forgave you. Now you can continue in that lifestyle. That's absolutely not biblical at all. You've got true repentance means to turn away from. The Bible says old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So you've got to tie all these verses into it to figure out exactly what the, the grand scope of the situation is. What's the Bible really trying to tell us? The thesis of the entire Bible is your relationship with God and your relationship with your fellow man. Sin separates people from God. So you can't lead a sinful lifestyle and make it to heaven. It doesn't work like that. Because sin's separating you from God. You've got to renounce your old sinful lifestyle, and then you need to live as a Christian from then on. That's, that's how the Bible lays it out. So, um, yes, the, 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 uh, this individual, he or she, whoever, would need to come out of that lifestyle to be saved. That's scriptural. Are you there, Sheila? Oh, okay. Man, I think I lost Sheila there. So anyway, everybody, it's, it's very important that you understand true repentance. And repentance, very, very important. Um, and once you understand repentance, repentance is for committed sin. If you, if you are um, born again and you make a mistake after that, now, you repent. You say, well, I made a mistake, I'm going to hell. No, that's not what it means. It means if you're doing the absolute best you can. And this is the thing. I've met Christians who didn't understand the, the, the plan of salvation and how great and wonderful the plan of salvation is. And it, we have a lesson called You Are Perfect. Irvin Baxter spent a thousand hours of study on that and prayer and in and, and devotion and asking God to help him because... When Irvin Baxter came out of high school, he went into, he worked a job for a few months and then he went straight off into evangelism and he evangelized, going around teaching revivals for eight years, solid. But even, and he was having great revivals, but he still felt guilt in his life for things he had done years ago. Satan was still hammering them with them. And he said, I I still felt guilty. Until God helped him to understand that um, the, the, the you are perfect message. He hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. How does that work? The, you have to understand the principle of imputation. 
When Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again, He purchased a plan of salvation called being born again. And He defeated Satan who had the keys of death and hell. Now He emerged from the grave as having the keys of death and hell. And He took us out. The Bible says, uh, um, The Spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. The the sin and death from Adam and Eve, the, the law of sin and death says the soul that sins... It's got to die. Once an individual is born again and they've obeyed the gospel, then you come out from under that law of sin and death. But a Christian, because they don't understand fully the plan of salvation, some of them still live in guilt for years over something they've done. The fact of the matter is, is that if you are born again, post your born again experience, if you make a mistake, and anybody that tells you they've never made a mistake since they've been born again, yikes, they probably need to go repent, don't they? Because everybody's made a mistake. That's what repentance is for. You say, God, I'm doing the best I can. But wow, I, man, in a time of, uh, of just immense uh, you know, pressure, I made a mistake and I sinned. Well, you get on your knees before God. Godly sorrow, work with repentance. God, I'm truly sorry for what I did. And I repent. Please forgive me. I, I, I don't want to live that way anymore. I don't want to do those things. I made a mistake. Please forgive me. And the Bible says He is just to forgive you. Get up off your knees and keep on trucking on the straight and narrow. And the Bible says, Blessed is the man to whom God will not impute sin. Well, how does that work? It's the plan of salvation. God's blood, the Bible says His blood, can, um, his blood cleanseth us. Continually cleanseth us. Cleanseth is ongoing. And so just like God made your physical body which the blood is continually cleansing you of your impurities. Think about how your physical body works. The, the, the Twinkie you ate yesterday and, the, and the, you know, the very fattening cheeseburger that tasted so awesome, your blood has to, to um, cleanse you of those impurities. Well, think about the physical blood of Jesus Christ. His blood is continually cleansing you of your impurities if you live in a state of repentance. Lord, forgive me. Wow, I, I, I am sorry now, if you say, well, hey, this is a license for me to sin, then you got a problem. Then it stops because the Bible says you turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. We're not doing that. You're, this is only for people who are born again, and you're doing the absolute best you can to live for God. And if you make a mistake, you say, oh, man, God, I'm sorry. I, I didn't really mean to do that anymore. I'm, I, I'm, I'm turned away from all that stuff, and I'm, I did make a mistake. Please forgive me. And you get up and you keep on going. You can lead a productive Christian life. And you don't have to live under guilt. And I, I'm, I believe if you go to endtime.com, the You Are Perfect lesson is on there for you to read. I think you can read the whole thing. It's a really quick read. But man, I'm telling you what, that will change your walk with God forever. It changed mine. It changed Irvin Baxter's. He lived under guilt. I lived under guilt for years. And we're not supposed to, Christians are not supposed to live under guilt. So, understand repentance. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME 
or go to endtime.com. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. You know, everybody, uh, I was thinking about this. I, when, we, when I get in on this issue of the LGBTQ and, the, and, you know, there are so many people that are pushing this lifestyle in the last days. It, is, it, it becomes, um, you know, a lot of people think, well, uh, you know, maybe we should kind of just give in a little bit. Or maybe, you know, and the problem is, the problem is, is that when you start to give in and you start to say, well, you know, I, you know, it's just, it's, it's none of my business what they do and, and, and all that. You know what? It, if you love people, you gotta, you gotta talk about it because it's in our society and, you know, it, they can do what they want. No, everybody has the power of choice. God give every human the power of choice. But um, we do talk about it because we don't want it in our society. When they try to push it in society and say, well, when there's a, a man who, says, who decides that he's going to be a woman and now you're supposed to call, start calling him a she, no, I can't do that. I, I, I simply can't do that. I'm, I'm not, you know, you can do whatever you want, but don't pull me into your world. And that's really what's being pushed in society right now. It's being, it's being kind of, uh, they want to force everybody into compliance with this stuff and uh, simply can't do it. Uh, let me give you a for instance, <clears throat> because um, it's very important. I talked to Irvin Baxter uh, years ago about this. When I first started coming on the radio and was going around doing prophecy conferences, and, and uh, Irvin Baxter told me, he said, Dave, you're going to have to... Uh, start doing some radio interviews and television interviews. People want to have you on and uh, as one of the faces of the ministry. And I said, well, man, what? Because it was right about this time that uh, the, there were major religious figures that were going on TV and they were asking them, what do you think about the LGBTQ lifestyle? Can people who are in these lifestyles go to heaven? And on TV, putting them on the spot. And I saw some of these religious individuals that were squirming in their seat and thinking, how can I get out of this because I don't want to be caught? And I talked to Irvin Baxter about this when he was just talking to me about doing radio interviews and stuff. And he said, Dave, you're going to be put on the spot. you you got to learn how to deal with this stuff. And I said, well, um, he said, you know, like this, the LGBTQ thing. He said, I made up my mind years ago, if I go on a radio or television interview and they ask me, 
What do you think about the LGBTQ and, and the, this uh, lifestyle and can people go to heaven and everything? He said, I'm going to simply say, I believe what the Bible, I teach, I believe and teach what the Bible believes, about what the Bible teaches. And, <clears throat> you know, at the end of the day, folks, that's where I'm at. That's where it all comes down to. It's not really <clears throat> what I think, what my opinions are. That's really irrelevant, which they, all my stuff, all my opinions and beliefs align up with the Word of God. However, my opinions, the, the interviewer's opinions, none of that really matters. It's what does the Bible say? What does God believe? What does God want? That's where I'm at. And so I made up in my mind. I said, man, Dad, died. Uh, I said, that's so true. I said, it all comes down to what does the Bible say? I, if, I, if I'm on an interview with a, a, a radio personality or television, I do radio interviews all the time. And, they, and uh, they ask you all, you can be pinpointed about any question. But I made up in my mind years ago, <clears throat> if I have a radio interview or a television interview that asks me, Dave, what do you think about the LGBTQ lifestyle and can they go to heaven and everything? I'll say, well, I believe what the Bible says. And then they're going to say, well, what does the Bible say? And then I'll tell them what the Bible says. And then it makes them say, well, either I don't believe the Bible or, you know what? Yes, that's what the Bible says. That's what we're going to go with. It kind of puts it back in the court of the one who's doing the interview. Because a lot of times the one doing the interview, not all of them, but I've saw some of them on TV where they try to, uh, actually I watched them on YouTube, where they try to catch the individual. They're trying to catch this pastor or this religious figure um, in saying, well, I, hey, you said they could go to heaven and they're, they're, you know, they're still living this lifestyle. Or, wow, this person doesn't believe that they could go to heaven. He must not love them. Now, that's simply not the case. The thing is, what does the Bible say? The Apostle Paul said, such were some of you, but you've been washed. You've been washed of all those sins. You don't live that way for the rest of your life and make it to heaven. No, you've come out of that. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You're a new creature in Christ once you're born again, once you're saved. And so um, that's what we're going to say, folks. When I get on a radio or television interview, myself, Doug, Vince, all of us, I simply believe and stand on the Bible. You know, you have to take a stand. And that's the thing where I've watched a lot of religious figures. I lost, I'm watching churches. Churches that started out good and wanting to live a holy, godly life and uh, believing the doctrines of the Bible and different things that have completely made a complete shift, and now they're headed in, the, in a wrong direction, in the opposite direction. And, but yet they're still calling themselves a church. And this is why you better be very, very, very careful. Just because it says church on the sign out in the front yard when you pull in the driveway, wow, you better know what they're teaching, folks. Because I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here watching it. I'm in world, local, and national news all day long, every day. And I've got friends and just in different denominations. And I've got things and people calling me. And I mean, and I'm saying, you do what? What in the world? And I, I sometimes, just when I think I can't be shocked, I get shocked again at some of the things that people are saying in their pulpits, some of the lifestyles that people are ordaining as ministers in their pulpits. And I'm thinking, how are you going to lead people out of these lifestyles if you're living that lifestyle yourself. And the Bible 
teaches about it over and over and over in the Old and the New Testament. How can you lead people? It's like, um, it's like saving somebody out of a thing of quicksand when you're in the quicksand with them. That's impossible. The best thing to do is get on the bank, throw them a rope, and pull them out of the quicksand. That's the best way to save somebody. You can't get off in there with them. And that's what happens when you, ha- when you ordain an LGBTQ individual in a pulpit and allow them to preach. Well, how are they going to get up and preach on sin when everybody in the place knows <clears throat> they're living a sinful lifestyle? Unless you don't care. You say, well, Dave, you don't love these people. I, I, I absolutely do love them. I hope all of them are raptured, but they're going to have to change if they're going to be raptured. Somebody's got to take a stand and say this, folks. It's the ones that don't love them that would say, just do what you want and you'll be saved. You understand what I'm saying? When you love somebody, you'll tell them the bridge is out down the road. You've got to love people, but you've got to take a stand. Many people are afraid to take a stand anymore. And, wow, I mean, think about this. Here's what it's all going to boil down to. You remember when Moses went up to get the Ten Commandments. He spends spends many, many, many days up there. The children of Israel get restless. They're down there at the bottom of the mountain with Aaron saying, Where's he at? He should have been down here by now. He's not coming back. And they got on Aaron and pushed Aaron and pressed Aaron and said, Hey, make uh, make us some gods. He said, All right. Bring in all your jewelry. He melts it down. He creates a a golden calf. Well, guess what? They get the golden calf built. They start worshiping the thing. And Aaron actually said, I don't know why he said this, but he said, these be the gods that brought you out of Egypt. Well, guess what? Here comes Moses down the mountain. He sees that. And of course, he's, he's, he's just vehement. And in Exodus chapter 32, verse 21, the Bible says, And Moses said to Aaron, What did this people do unto you that thou hast brought such a great sin upon them? Aaron said, Let not the anger of the Lord wax hot. Thou knowest that the people, that they are set in mischief. For they said unto me, Make us gods which shall go before us. For as for for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what is become of him. He, he He was up there forever. And I said unto them, Whosoever hath any gold, let them break it off and give it to me. And I cast it into the fire, and I made them this calf. And when Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them uh, naked under their shame among their enemies, listen closely. This is um, Exodus 32, verse 26. Listen at what Moses says. This is what it's all going to come down to, everybody. Moses, the Bible says, uh, Then Moses stood at the gate of the camp, and he said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. This is what it's all going to come down to. Is, are you on the Lord's side, or are you not? Who's on the Lord's side, folks? I'm asking you today. If If you're on our social networking site, I want you to post, I am on the Lord's side, Dave. Everybody should be posting that. Because, hopefully. 
Because that's what it's all going to come down to. Are you who? Like Moses said, who's on the Lord's side? And when I when I'm on interviews or I'm writing or anything I do here at the ministry, we teach from the perspective of I'm on the Lord's side. This old world can go any way it wants to go, and I hope we I know that we're going to have great revivals in the end time. But I'm saying if my friends. If all of my friends go a certain way, <clears throat> I'm on the Lord's side. <clears throat> I'm making a stand for God. If all of my family go a certain way, go away from God, I'm taking a stand. I'm staying here. I'm on the Lord's side. If, the, if my entire church, now I don't see this happening, but if my entire church goes away from the Bible, I'm not going to church there anymore. I'm going to go to a church that is standing with the Lord. Who's on the Lord's side? That's the question in all of this. The Bible says, let God be true, let every man be a liar. If my ways don't align up with the Bible, I've got to change my ways. I can't change the Bible. I, I heard where somebody used AI. I think it was the PETA. They changed AI to make Genesis, to rewrite the book of Genesis to make it more animal friendly. Instead of calling them animals, they call them beings and all this stuff. Man, there's no way I'm going to change the Word of God to align up to what I believe. I'm going to change what I believe to align up with the Word of God. Folks, in the end time, you've got to take a stand. Are you on the Lord's side or are you not? And God's coming back for people who are on the Lord's side. I can tell you. And so it's very important... Um, man, then we get to some of this. I've got so much more to go to. Uh, going to take a question real quick. Let's go to Linus in Texas. God bless Linus. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hey. Yes, hey, sir. Uh, thank you for having me today. I don't, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Okay, excellent. Uh, calling in from Waco, Texas, and I just first wanted to say I'm very appreciative and grateful for uh, the teaching and the work that y'all are doing. I pray for y'all, and I'm so thankful to be a part of Income Plus, and I'm learning so much. My question um, is about Daniel 7 and Revelation 13. We know that we see the beast, and both of those passages in Revelation 13, you see it uh, federal. federal hey, uh, Linus, let me break in on you. I'm yes. coming up to a break. Can you hold over the break? Yes. Okay, yeah. Hold over the break, and then we'll we'll uh, get to your question. You'll be the first one when I come back. I do thank you. And everybody, uh, Linus mentioned the the um, the end, end, end Time Plus. Hey, you ought to get on that. It's a great program, and it will allow you all access, even to the new Understanding the End Time DVD series and everything that's coming out. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. 
Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm going straight back to the phones and Linus. I do apologize for having to cut you off there. Uh, just love those breaks. <laughs> but um, give me give me a question again. I'm sorry. Yes, it, uh, my question directly pertains to Daniel seven, and then we have Revelation thirteen. We both know we know that the beast in Daniel seven is they're separate, and then in Revelation thirteen they come together. And I know in Re- uh, Daniel seven there's a mention of the fowl, and we we know that we have. Germany and France. Yes. But in Revelation 13, there's not a mention of fowl's wings. Yes. And I just wanted to see what y'all's thoughts are um, on the omission of the wings of the fowl in Revelation 13. Yes. It it appears that the, if, from my perspective, that they the the because the eagle's wings are not broken off like the. I'm sorry, because the wings of a fowl are not broken off like the eagle's wings, that they are still incorporated into the European beast in Revelation 13. Because all of the nations in Revelation 13 are European. It's going to be a European-based entity. That's going to be the power base of the Antichrist. France, which you understand the Franco-German alliance, you made uh, reference to that. France is part of Europe. Always will, always has been, always will be. So it appears that it's just part of the European alliance that will occur in the end time. This European-based uh, world-governing body, which is the power base of the Antichrist, not that they have, um, you know, broken off from the European Union or anything like that. It just appears that they've been incorporated into that big European uh, combo beast in the end time. Okay, I hadn't considered that angle, and yes, and that makes. Perfect sense, and I'm again. I'm so grateful for you guys and the work that y'all are doing, and um, appreciate everything. God bless. All right, God bless you, my friend, and thank you for being on End Time Plus. It's a great help to End Time, and it's been a great tool. I've got a lot of people that went on tour with us that are saying, "Wow, what a great tool End Time Plus is!" I'm teaching Bible studies off of it. The new end in um, understand the End Time DVDs are awesome. We've had great reviews on them. And so, um, well, thank you guys for supporting us. And it's a great way because I, I don't think people really realize how censored End Time Ministries is and all these conservatives, uh, Ben Shapiro, Dennis Prager, um, Charlie Kirk uh, with Turning Point USA. They, these social networking sites are hammering us with censorship. And so I think Vince talked about it yesterday, how we had hundreds and hundreds. I mean, we had... I, it was a ridiculous amount of people that would come into our social networking sites, and we were cut down by hundreds of thousands just within a few-day period because they, they changed their algorithms, and, no, we can't allow this and that. So when you like and subscribe and share and comment and uh, on our social networking sites, it helps us to go around these algorithms and get to people. Plus, when you go to the, the End Time Plus um, networking site and stream our stuff, and, and um, it helps to support End Time, but it helps us to get the message out. And so um, go to End Time. Go to, to um, watch.endtime.com and 
um, subscribe to that. It's really cool. Uh, okay, so let, let me go back to the phones really quick. Um, let's go to Linda in Ohio. God bless Linda. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hi, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. I'd like to ask a question. Sure. In regards to, I'm confused about, okay, people that are raptured and people that is mentioned in Revelation 7, verse 9, a yes. great multitude of people, and I saw a great multitude of people uh, who have washed their robes. And then in Revelation 21, verse uh, 3, it talks about... Uh, God is with them, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. Are all these the same people, or three groups of people? What is the understanding? Yes. So, the, yeah, they are all the same group of people. So there are people, uh, there are some people that teach that um, the rapture occurs, and then after that there are people that are saved. So they call them rapture saints. And then they call them tribulation. There's a second set of people called tribulation saints. And then in Revelation 21, that there is a group of individuals. Now, I'm saying some people teach this. There's a group of individuals that will be saved during the millennium and that there are three different groups of people. And I think that's who you're alluding to here. However, there are not three different groups of people. There um, There are people, the rapture happens at the end of the great, or the Great Tribulation. And that's exactly in Revelation chapter 7, uh, and when it gets to verse 9, when John said, I saw a multitude um, out of every kindred, people, tongue, and nation, who have washed their robes white in the blood of the Lamb. They were standing before the throne. The elder looks at John and said, Who are these people? And John said, These are they that came out, or the uh, elder said, These are they that came out of Great Tribulation. So it's simply people who were saved during the Great Tribulation. There are, there's no scriptures in the Bible. Now think about this. This is a major teaching. But there are no scriptures in the Bible that teach that there are rapture saints and then there are tribulation saints. There's not two sets of saints. There's only saints. And once you, but if you believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, then you have to say, well, there's rapture saints and there's tribulation saints. Um, so it's just a, it's a misinterpretation of scripture. And so it's very important that we understand that there are simply just saints. When the rapture occurs, all the saints, the dead in Christ, will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet them in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. At the rapture, all the saints are raptured. And so it's only one set of saints. It's, there's not one, two, or three sets. They all go in the rapture. And the Bible says well, we, the saints will rule and reign with Him as kings and priests for that thousand-year period. So um, they're all the same sets of saints. That's the answer to your question. Okay, thank you. Yes, absolutely. God bless you, my friend, and thank you for the call. And, um, you know, everybody, that was something I've been thinking about lately because, I've, you know, we believe in a post-tribulation rapture, and I have a lot of people that ask me about that all the time, and there, I've seen some people, I've had people send me videos and said, hey, the, the, old, the ancient Jewish wedding proves a pre-tribulation rapture. And I watched the video, and the entire foundation for the video is that there's a seven-year tribulation period. And they base that on the old Jewish wedding, and they say, well, this proves conclusively a pre-tribulation rapture. The problem is, it doesn't. Because the 
Great Tribulation, there's no scriptures in the Bible for a seven-year Great Tribulation. Not one. There are, There is a final seven-year period, Daniel's 70th week. Absolutely. Totally believe in that. 100%. But the Great Tribulation begins, Jesus taught in Matthew 24, the Great Tribulation began halfway through that final seven years. He said, when you see the abomination of desolation occur, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, then let them which be in Judea flee. Don't, if, you're all, if you're up on the housetop, don't go down into your house to get your clothes. You hit the ground running. If you're out in the field working, don't go back to your house to get your clothes. You hit the ground running. Why? Because in Matthew chapter 24, verse 21, he said, For then would be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of time, no, nor ever again shall be. The greatest time of persecution the world's ever known is the final three and one half years of that final seven years. So if you look at it like that, the, the ancient Jewish wedding, that doesn't prove a pre-tribulation rapture. You know, and that, that, that's very important because we want to teach the truth. I was listening to occasionally, I will say occasionally, capital O. I have a couple guys that I will go just to see. It, maybe they'll pop up. Somebody shared them on my Facebook or something. I'll think, well, I'll go, you know, I, 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 I'll, I'll go see what this guy's saying. And I heard, heard something, somebody say something the other day that um, perhaps we might be already in the final seven years. Yikes. I thought, wow, dad, wow, we're, I, I know we haven't started the final seven years yet. And that the next thing to occur on God's prophetic timeline is the rapture. Now, <clears throat> again, if you look at Scripture, Scripture teaches a post-tribulation rapture. Now, you say, these men are false prophets. I don't think they're false prophets. It's not a salvation issue. If it was, I'd be standing up on the desk doing jump rope right now. But it's not. But it, it, I, I simply want you to understand that the rapture occurs at the end of the tribulation. I only say that because I want to teach. I want you to know the truth about the timing of all of this. The, the, these men are my friends. Am I trying to, you know, tear them down? No, absolutely not. That's why I'm not telling you their name. But I'm telling you, I, I, I just want you to know the truth. And you may have heard statements like that. I know the ancient Jewish wedding thing is going around all over the place. And I've had it sent to me many, many times. But no, it's the, the, the rapture will occur. Jesus said, Matthew 24, 29-31, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, would the sun be dark and moon, uh, sun be dark and moon shall not give her light, stars will fall from heaven, the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall um, the tribes of all the earth mourn. And then shall you see the sign of the coming of the Son of Man in heaven. And he shall send his angels with the sound of a great trumpet to gather his elect from the four winds of heaven. Um, and when, does, when did Jesus say that event would occur? It's the first sentence in Matthew 24, 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days. Now, some people would say, well, no, that was just for all the Jews. But that's simply not the case because in the Old Testament, the elect was referring to the Jews. But in the New Testament, 
the, the word elect is referring to the church. If you look up the word elect in the New Testament, except for the times where it's talking about the elect angels and there was an elect woman, I think it's referred to a couple times in the New Testament that the Apostle Paul was referring to an elect woman. Other than that, the word elect is the church. Look it up. And so when you get to, Jesus said that the, the Lord would send His angels with the great sound of a trumpet to gather His elect. That's the church. And because, remember, so a lot of people have said, no, he's talking to the apostles there. He leads the disciples out on the Mount of Olives, and they said, what's going to be the sign of your coming of the end of the age? So he's talking to them. He's not talking to them. He's talking to them, but he's referring to us. He is saying, they said, what's going to be the sign of your coming of the end of the age? So he's saying, here's what's going to happen at the end of the age. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, would the Son of Man Come in the clouds, send his angels to the sound of a great trumpet. Who's the elect in the end time? Tell me who that is. It's the church, folks. Who was the elect in the New Testament? It was the church. And so, you know, we, we just want to get it right, don't we? And I, I'm a truth seeker. If somebody can show me pre-tribulation rapture in the Bible, yeah, I'll admit I've made a mistake. But I don't see it in there. I've never seen a verse that says the rapture occurs before the tribulation. Why haven't I seen that? Because it's simply not in there. But Jesus said immediately after the tribulation of those days. So, I think we're turning the Titanic, though. I've got a lot of friends that used to just be dogmatic about it that are saying, you know what, hmm, you gave me some scriptures, Dave. I need to contemplate. (laughs) And so I, I think we're turning the Titanic, and I'm very thankful for that. Because I just want to know the truth and I want to teach the truth because that's what's going to get us there. So God bless you all. Thank you for following us. We love you. And we will see you back in here on Monday.